Okay, we're gonna do it. We're really gonna do it. I'm going to talk about the one thing that gives everyone anxiety, the one thing that nobody seems to really understand and used to give me anxiety as well. We're going to talk about the blockchain. Hi and welcome to the Money Girl Club. My name is Valerie and in this show we will talk about money and investing without the attitude. Hey and welcome in another episode of the Money Girl Club, number 18 already. Wow, <laughs> time is flying. Um, and this is not just episode number 18, this is also the second episode, second part of the crypto mini series. Last week I launched the first part, which was about um, what cryptocurrency really is and why it is important that you should try at least to understand how it works. I hope that after listening to that episode, everything is a little bit more clear now because I know that crypto can be a little bit of, I don't know, uh, mysterious and, and that a lot of people think it's very complicated to understand and you're not entirely wrong. I used to think the same and it took me a while to get used to it as well. So hopefully this series is going to help you at least understand what crypto is, what it is about and how it works. I'm not saying that you should start investing in, in uh, crypto tomorrow. Um, I am saying that it is going to be an important part of our future and yeah, no harm in learning how it works, right? By the way, the waiting list for my live workshops is open now. If you want my personal guidance to help you with investing on the stock market or in crypto, this is your shot. The workshops will be hosted in Antwerp and in Dutch. So if you want the first-hand information and the first opportunity to enroll in those workshops, subscribe through the link in the description. Okay, as you know, what I like to do, what I aim for, is to explain things in a very simple way. I don't like all the fancy buzzwords, that's what I always say in my introduction, uh, finance without the attitude, and I stick to that. I want you to understand. I don't want you to leave this episode uh, still wondering about what the hell did she just say? <laughs> so this episode, that is going to be even more important because we are going to talk about a subject that seems to puzzle a lot of people. And that subject is the blockchain. The blockchain is a technology that, in my opinion, and not just in mine, uh, will change the world forever. Blockchain is the technology behind cryptocurrencies, and it was invented along with the creation of Bitcoin. Uh, but its use is spreading much, much further nowadays, and it has a very high potential. If you find it hard to envision how blockchain works, then keep on listening. And even if you have never ever in your life heard about blockchain, then I'm going to explain it to you in the simplest way possible. Okay, so I'm going to take you on a little tiny flashback to the episode of last week where we talked about crypto. And I use the definition uh, that I'm going to repeat now. So a cryptocurrency is a digital currency that serves as a medium of exchange through a computer network that is not reliant on any central authority to maintain it. 
a lot of words there, okay? Uh, and we unpacked everything that's in that definition last week. If you are unsure or if you haven't heard that yet, go back to episode number 17. Um, everything will become clear. But what I'm going to focus on in uh, this week's episode is this bit of the definition, the computer network that is not reliant or on a central authority. Because, ladies and gentlemen, that computer network that we're talking about, that is the blockchain. And I'm going to go right ahead and give you the definition of blockchain, and then we'll dive into the details right after. So the blockchain is a technology where data secured by cryptography is stored in blocks that are linked together. Now, I don't know if you've seen it, but I have asked a question in my stories on Instagram because I was curious. I wanted to know if I would be asking you to describe what blockchain is in one sentence, would you be able to do that? And everyone said no, like literally everyone, 100%. Well, that's a lot. <laughs> that's an understatement. Um, so there you have it, there it is. In one sentence, blockchain is a technology where data secured by cryptography is stored in blocks that are linked together. Now, I do understand if you think, okay, I have the, the definition now, but I still don't know what it is. No worries, we're getting there. Now, if you listened to the previous episode, then you know that I explained the word cryptography there, and I'm going to do that again. So cryptography is a word derived from ancient Greek, uh, two words, basically. So you first have kryptos, which means secret, hidden. And then we have graphy, that is derived from graphein, which, which means to write. So you are writing in a hidden, an encrypted way. We are using that technology, cryptography, to secure crypto, but again, crypto and blockchain are linked together. The most important characteristics of blockchain um, are, for starters, that cryptography is used to secure the data in the blocks. Secondly, the blocks cannot be altered. Thirdly, all blocks are linked together, forming a chain that continues to grow. Number four, the blockchain is a public database. And number five, the blockchain is typically managed by a peer-to-peer -peer network, not a third-party authority such as a bank or a government. I realize at this point, this is all a lot to take in. So I'm going to walk you through how the blockchain exactly works, and then you'll understand these characteristics a little bit better. So I'm going to give you the very simple explanation first. A blockchain gathers data and secures it in a place for everyone to see. And I want you to envision now, because I'm, I'm going to use this example, you could compare it to a book that is used for accountancy, where all transactions of a community are being kept. So we have a, a community, let's say 20 people, they have this one giant book that is uh, in the middle of the village, it's on a table for everyone to see, and every transaction that is made is written in the book. If I hand over money to my neighbor, then I will write it down in the book. Um, I will write that. I will write down how much money I gave to my neighbor, the name of my neighbor, and the date of when I did that. When I write it down, it cannot be altered anymore. When 
a page of that book is completely full, it will get sealed automatically. So nothing can be added on that page and nothing can be altered on that page, but everyone can read it. I can, however, uh, add transactions on the next page. And so we will keep on going until when every page is full, it will be sealed and we move on to the next one. So the full history is captured in that book. It cannot be modified, but everyone can read it. So instead of this community having one bookkeeper that's in charge of writing, writing down all of the transactions, the whole community is doing it. Every member of the community has taken on the role of a bookkeeper. Okay, that is the most important part that you need to remember. It is open to everyone and it is managed peer to peer. Uh, like we said in this characteristics that I summed up, peer to peer means that all members of the community are going to do that. They are, they are managing it. So there's not just one person taking control of all of the action, okay? So that was the simple explanation. I'm moving on to the hard explanation. <laughs> um, well, it is hard in the sense of that it's a little bit more technical. Um, and I'm, I'm going to take the Bitcoin blockchain as an example, because there are several blockchains, just as you can have uh, more communities, every community will have a separate book. So that means there can also be multiple blockchains, depends on the community. Um, in this example, we'll take the Bitcoin blockchain as an example. Whenever someone makes a transaction with Bitcoin, it will appear on a ledger. So I give one Bitcoin to my neighbor, then that will be written down, it will be encrypted and it will appear on the block. Let's say it is the first block. That block collects all transactions made within 10 minutes. So if my neighbor chooses to pass on that one Bitcoin to their friend, it will be written down on the block. If that friend decides to buy a banana with um, 0.1 Bitcoin, expensive banana, but okay, it's his choice. <laughs> uh, that transaction will also be written down on the block and so on and so on. And for a full 10 minutes, every transaction made with Bitcoin will be written down on the block. After 10 minutes, the block is full and then it needs to be sealed. Now, in order to seal the block, Bitcoin miners will have to calculate a key using mathematic techniques, because how are we going to seal this block? We're going to use cryptography. Um, it is a very technical explanation that I'm going to, uh, I'm not going to fully elaborate on that because this is uh, after all, not an IT community, it's a finance community but I'm gonna try my best to make it as clear as possible. So you need a key to seal that block permanently. And in order to determine that key or to get that key, you need to make some very complicated calculations. You can't do that in your head. Uh, it's, it's really, really complicated and you need a very strong computer to do that. Nowadays, it's not just one computer anymore. Uh, there are companies that are Bitcoin mining companies and they have like um, hangers full of computers of servers who are trying to crack that code. Okay, so that is what they are doing. They are solving this mathematically very challenging problem, but if they succeed, then they will receive that key. 
and they can seal the block. So it's, it's basically a treasure hunt. They are going to use that math to find the key to seal off the block and then the next block will be opened up and the whole process starts from scratch. Now, why would those Bitcoin miners do all of that hard work? Because it's costing them a lot of money. You need a lot of energy to um, run those computers on and those computers don't come cheap as well. Um, well, it is kind of a race. When the block is full, then every Bitcoin miner on this planet will start looking like crazy for that one key, for that one solution. And the first one to get it will be rewarded. How? With Bitcoin, of course. They will retrieve a new Bitcoin payment. They will bring new Bitcoins into the system. And that is called Bitcoin mining because they basically um, started digging using their computers and they dug it up out of the cloud in this case. <laughs> That's how you could imagine it. They dug up new Bitcoins. How many Bitcoins? That is dependent on how many Bitcoins there are still out there. Um, in the next episode, I will uh, go a little bit further into detail about Bitcoin, where it originated um, and how many there are out there. But there is a limited amount of Bitcoin. Right now, I believe uh, if a Bitcoin miner seals a block, if they find the key, I believe it's, a, it's around six Bitcoin, if I'm not mistaken, but I, I'll have to look it up. Um, and on top of that, they also get, so that they, they don't just get the new Bitcoins, they also get the fees charged on Bitcoin transactions. Because if I give one Bitcoin to my neighbor and or, or I buy something from my neighbor and I pay them in Bitcoin, I will have to pay an admin fee. And that admin fee is paid to the Bitcoin miner that finds the key to seal the block. Okay, so that is a little bit the... The more technical explanation, and now you know um, what Bitcoin mining is. Of course, this happens on the Bitcoin blockchain, but similar scenarios happen on all of the other blockchains. Because remember that I told you, different communities have different blockchains. There is no such thing as just one blockchain. Okay, so what they basically do with that key is they seal off the block, which means that they turn it into a hash. This is very... Uh, yeah, if you're an IT person, you'll know what I mean. Um, but that hash is used to close the block. And the last few numbers of that code used for that block will appear as the, the first four numbers of the series numbers of the next block. And that way they are linked together. That way you will always recognize the chronological order of those blocks and that is how you form a chain and this process keeps on going and this chain keeps on growing that rhymes i didn't mean to i'm not a poet but hey sometimes you get lucky so now that you understand a little bit how the blockchain works um you might wonder how is it exactly that this will change the world because blockchain technology is the backbone for cryptocurrencies, but in my opinion, it certainly has the potential to change the world. And you might think, hey, uh, Valerie, that's a pretty bold statement. You might as well back it up. I will. Hear me out. The possibilities stretch so much further than the crypto world. Um, it works in a different way that we are used to, and, and it has several advantages. And I'm going to name a few. So firstly, there is security. 
blockchain uses cryptography, uses strong encryption to secure everything that's going on there, to store that information. Um, and it could be used to battle fraud, since it is impossible to alter any of the information on the chain. Remember, those blocks are always sealed off and anything that's on there can be read, but it cannot be modified. That means that there's no fraud possible. Anything that is written on paper or saved in a computer file can be changed by someone with bad intent. But information stored on the blockchain is incorruptible. So you can see how that can be really interesting to battle fraud, financial fraud or any fraud really. Then secondly, we have decentralization. This is basically what cryptocurrency or a lot of cryptocurrencies are about and the blockchain as well. Because everything goes automatically, well, not automatically, but sort of everything goes digitally and peer to peer. There is no need for a third party authority, such as, for example, a bank. Now, you might ask, why would you want to get rid of the bank? Well, I don't necessarily want to get rid of the bank. <laughs> I'm just pointing out what is possible. So I'm gonna go ahead and assume that you have traveled before. I have traveled outside of Europe. Uh, I've been to Southeast Asia and Australia for a while. And you need to really think about how you, um, about your finances when you do that. Uh, for example, I wanted to uh, backpack through Australia and I wanted to look for a job there. And of course, when you work in Australia, they will ask an Australian bank account. They won't pay your, um, your paycheck in a Belgian bank account or in any other country's bank account. Um, so you need to open up a local account. Fine. But then that's money sitting in there. And then what? You can't just wire it to your European bank account. That costs a lot of money. Um, I've seen prices because that it depends on which bank uh, you're with but it can cost you 20 to 30 euros to transfer that money just from one account to the other just because it's not the same continent that's a lot of hassle and a lot of money now what you have with decentralization you don't because th those costs that you pay of course they are admin fees for the bank because they have to process your payment if you are trading or buying stuff doing transactions with cryptocurrency uh, that works on a blockchain technology or on a blockchain network, then that is not necessary. You don't have those middleman fees. You just make your transaction and everything goes through within a second and there are no fees or very few fees. There is this little admin fee, of course, like I said, that uh, goes to the Bitcoin miners or to that crypto blockchain that you are using but you can't even compare it to the fees that you have to pay now. There is also less risk of corruption. People who work for that third party authority, they can have a bad intent and they can be corrupted. And that is where the system is flawed. And the blockchain relies on peer to peer network instead of centralized authority, which makes it very fair. And then thirdly, you have transparency. The blockchain is a public ledger. It's open for every member to consult it. Remember the book in the of the community that I told you about um, earlier? Well, this is it. It's public. 
There is no harm in keeping it accessible for everyone, since the encryption makes sure that the information cannot be adapted or deleted. In other words, there is no risk in showing the content, because nobody has access to it. It's a read-only history. And you can take away any form of discussion when you have access to that information. Um, there will never ever be an argument about um, is this paid or not, because you can just go have a look at the blockchain and the proof is right there. So it's very, very transparent. So for a second, I'm going to take you back to the beginning of this episode. Um, after this whole explanation, I think you might better understand those characteristics of the blockchain that I summed up. So first of all, we had cryptography is used to secure the data in the blocks. And secondly, the blocks cannot be altered. Remember, because the Bitcoin miners seal that block with a key. Thirdly, all blocks are linked together, forming a chain that continues to grow, obviously, because there are constant transactions. So that means that new blocks will continue to form. Number four, the blockchain is a public database. It is public for everyone to see. It's transparent and open. And number five, the blockchain is typically managed by peer-to-peer -peer networks, not a third-party authority, such as a bank. So it is decentralized. Now, maybe after all this, you think, hey, look, this is all cool, but I'm not into crypto, so I probably won't ever get to deal with the blockchain, right? But the thing is, there are so many possible uses for this technology, and I'm just going to give you a few examples. The first example is real estate. Nowadays, when you go and buy a house, you will need a notary. Uh, that notary will officially seal the purchase of a piece of real estate. And if you were to use a blockchain network, that would really simplify the process. And also it would make it a whole lot cheaper. Because if you ever bought a house before uh, or had anything notarized for that matter, you know that it doesn't come cheap. It's very costly to have those documents notarized, but there's no other way to do it right now. And the blockchain might be a good alternative. Another example are elections. People can cast their vote from a smartphone, a tablet, a computer in a secure way. The encryption makes sure that nobody can tamper with the results. I'm sure that if you are a bit like me, you are immediately thinking about the 2020 election in the USA, um, where Trump claimed that there was a huge fraud in the election. Um, and well, it was the middle of the COVID pandemic. And a lot of people couldn't go out of their house and uh, go to the voting bureau. Many people in the US live remotely uh, or they are not simply not able to come out and, and go somewhere because they're ill or they, they don't have the means of transportation. Many, many reasons why people couldn't show up at the voting bureau. Now, because of COVID, they came up with a solution of mail-in ballots. So they would send letters to those voters so they could mail in their ballot with their voting ballot with the ordinary mail, the snail mail, as we call it. <laughs> but of course, that leaves so much room for fraud. People can just replace those votes. People can uh, make those voting ballots disappear. They can go lost in the mail. So many things can happen. If you vote from a computer, from a smartphone, using blockchain technology, that is simply not possible. 
So that would be an ideal way to keep elections fair and, well, to avoid discussions uh, and riots, <laughs> as was the case with the USA. Uh, but anyway, moving on. This is not a political podcast. <laughs> um, another example is finance. Whether it's crypto or fiat money. If you don't know what fiat money is, go back to the previous episode. Uh, blockchain can definitely revolutionize finance as we know it. There is still a large amount of people who don't keep their money at a bank. Uh, simply because there's no agency nearby. Sometimes they don't get accepted for some reason. Or again, maybe they don't have the means to get to a bank agency just the way that they uh, aren't <clears throat> able to reach a voting bureau in an, in an election. But what most people do have these days is access to the internet and a smartphone because that is fairly, I'm saying fairly, not everyone can afford it, but a smartphone these days can be bought at a fairly cheap price. Internet as well. So that would be a solution. Um, to keep your money digitally decentralized, which would be much safer than just keeping your cash underneath a mattress. That would make you a higher risk victim for robbery, you know. So decentralized digital finance could really offer a solution to those people. And then the last example that I want to give you, but there are plenty more, is charity projects. When you donate money to a charity, uh, there's always the risk of someone in the organization taking their share, you know, there's always something of that money that disappears into the pockets um, of those, uh, yeah, highly placed people, you know what I mean. This is something that often keeps me personally from donating to big charities, because uh, I don't know what happens to my money. It's not that I don't want to give it, I just want to, I, I want to know what happens. Um, and with blockchain, you can exactly track the whereabouts of your money, um, and you can see what it is used for. More and more charities are already looking for ways to implement blockchain in their projects. Um, I believe I read something, but I wasn't able to um, retrace it. But I heard something on the news a while ago about a charity um, that was harboring war fugitives. And they would give everyone a token or all of these fugitives in the camp uh, a certain amount of tokens to get... Um, I don't know, goods like water, food, clothes, toiletries, and so on. And using the blockchain technology, they could keep track exactly of who received what and who needs what. And yeah, I think there's a lot to be said for projects like that. So maybe now you think, well, okay, this sounds perfect then. No, it's not. Blockchain is not perfect. It is not a perfect system. There are no perfect systems. There are still ways to hack into and corrupt a blockchain, although it is really, really difficult. Uh, despite of all the security measures, things can go wrong. Obviously, the system is not perfect, but it sure is a giant leap forward from the systems that we currently rely on. So yes, I do believe it is really, really important that you understand what the blockchain is. And I hope that this episode, this part two of the crypto mini series helped you to get a better understanding of the blockchain. I hope that it doesn't give you anxiety anymore. Um, yeah, that would be a great outcome of this episode because it believe me it used to give me anxiety whenever people started talking about crypto and the blockchain i was like the block what 
that is that no that is too complicated for me no that is over that chapter is closed and i do understand what it is now okay that was it for part two of the crypto mini series i hope you liked it if you did then please subscribe and share the podcast with your friends um, give me a five-star review um, you can do that both on spotify and apple Podcasts. that would mean that other people can find the podcast easier uh, which means that i can help more people would be awesome and then next week tune in again for part three next tuesday at 8 a.m i will tell you all about the bitcoin the mother cryptocurrency that started it all um yeah tune in and if you want to read everything at your own pace if you still need a little time to let it all sink in go to the blog thismoneygirl.com forward slash blog you'll see this post all the way at the top i'll also link it in the description uh, and you can read at your own pace every about everything that i talked about today okay all right it was so nice to have you here and i will talk to you again next week bye thank you so much for listening to the money girl club if you enjoyed this episode please hit subscribe and share the podcast with your friends see you next week